0: Hello everyone, welcome to Teaching Matters. This program is produced and recorded in the studios of WOUB Public Media in Athens, Ohio. I'm your host, Scott Titsworth, Dean of the Scripps College of Communication at Ohio University. Over the summer, uh, probably late July, I uh, took the big step of moving from the back of my drum set, which is what my natural musical instrument is, to the front, and bought my first guitar. Um, over the course of the last month or so, I've went through what I think most musicians go through where there are moments of ecstasy because I could actually figure out how to move from one chord to another, and then moments of despair when things just didn't sound right. And I think that from my own personal journey as an adult trying to learn a new musical instrument, there were a couple of conclusions that I came to. One was that when you're trying to learn a new craft with an instrument, there are a lot of winding roads that you go through because you really have to learn a lot of different things at once to get to different stages of development and being able to play the instrument. The second thing that I learned is that as I was trying to find resources to be able to help myself with my uh, journey into guitar, um, there's so much available that's on the internet now that even a few years ago you'd have went to maybe a bookstore to try to find, and now it's really available but I almost found myself getting lost in trying to figure out what's the structure that I can use uh, to be able to go through this. I think that story illustrates a couple things. Number one, there's a ton of information available on how to learn a musical instrument that's available in ways that we would have not thought of before. But number two, there's not a lot of structure to that. And so I think that probably there's a lot of people similar to me where they get lost in trying to find uh, the resources to help them progress in their musical career. So with that context in mind, I excited today to have on the program a music educator who is trying to help students learn music through a mixture of personal instruction from teachers and a mobile app designed to help them practice more effectively. Although we do not officially endorse commercial products, we do like to explore how commercial innovations are impacting education across a variety of domains, in this case, music education. Ron Regiev. My guest today is the chief music officer for the Tonara app and is also a piano faculty member and department chair for piano at the Jerusalem Academy for Music and Dance. Ron, welcome to Teaching Matters.
1: Thank you very much, Scott. I'm really glad to be here.
0: Very good. So um, I should mention before we get into the questions that the Tonara app is available from both Apple and Google Play. A link to the Tenora, to the Tonara app website is available in the text accompanying this podcast if, if uh, listeners would like to take a look at it as they're listening to the podcast. So before we get into what Tonara actually is, Ron, can you talk about your experience as a music educator? Um, you heard me talk about some of my own experiences that, you know, personally are relevant Relevant to me right now. You've worked with hundreds of students. So based upon your experiences, can you talk about a couple things? First, is, is there sort of a typical progression that students go through as they're learning how to become better musicians? And and then coupled with that, what are some of the challenges that students, again, typically face as they're going through that progression?
1: Well, I have this memory from when I was nine years old. Until then, I had to practice with my mother sitting next to me, and I'm sure that this story is not foreign to many of the listeners here, because I just didn't like practicing. I had no idea what I was doing. I had no idea whether I was practicing correctly or not. I didn't know what to do next. And then there was this one day when I was nine years old that suddenly I realized that I just finished practicing completely on my own for two complete hours, and it was fun. The problem is that until you get to that point, that everything just clicks, you have no idea what you're doing. You really want to do well. You may love the music. You want to learn how to play songs. You want to improve yourself as a person and a musician. You know, there are many kids who have the best intentions, but they just don't know how to do it. Now, back then... There were many parents who considered that playing an instrument is just something that their kids have to do. And they supported the teachers and they sat with the kids and they made sure they practiced. Today, this is not always the case. Today's generation is very impatient. Everyone is looking for instant gratification. And with uh, the abundance of distractions that we have around, it's very difficult to see them and say something on the lines of, you know, if you don't practice now for at least half an hour every day then it's not going to amount to anything so that's a big issue how to surround this problem of knowing what to do how to motivate yourself how to be focused on one thing how to give yourself feedback so you know how to improve that's the big issue and then when you overcome this hurdle then you see people who are really enjoying themselves and they carry on playing for years and years the problem is getting to that point
0: very good so You know what, you were just describing your own story as a nine-year-old and probably me as a two-year-old guitarist, although later in life, (laughs) age-wise, as a musician, I'm probably that old right now. Um, So we often think about these challenges as being something that happens for, you know, very new musicians that are just learning their instrument. Do you see some of do you see similar types of um, obstacles or challenges as musicians progress through their arc of, of perfecting their craft and becoming, uh, you know, having greater levels of expertise with their instrument? I mean, I, this isn't something, my guess, it, that's only true for young musicians. It's probably something that we all face as we go through that arc.
1: Well, that first obstacle is probably the biggest one. Just getting to the point that you're able to uh, to practice in an effective way and be able to improve and know that you're improving. After that, you have all these smaller barriers, you know, you face technical hardship. Uh, Sometimes you don't fully understand what you're gonna do with the music that you're playing. There is this one song that you really want to be able to play and you just (laughs) can't do it. Um, There are all types of complexities, but the thing is, the moment you overcome these very first few difficulties, you know that you can do it Mm -hmm. and you know that if you persevere it will just happen so in fact you know if you want to describe the way the world of music learning uh, is shaped it's a little bit like a pyramid you have all these people who start learning an instrument and then the year after It's like a third of them is there because everyone else just dropped out because they had no idea how to overcome that difficulty and they decided it was just not worth their effort. So you have this pyramid and the thing is that it becomes taller uh, the higher you go. Uh, What I mean to say is that the longer you have been playing, the more likely you are to carry on playing.
0: That makes a lot of sense. So you've been doing music education for and, and very accomplished for a number of years, and you've done it, you know, before the, the digital revolution. Traditionally speaking, as a music teacher, what, what what was your strategy then for, you know, trying to motivate learners um, to do that practice so that they can get to those um, milestones as they move up that pyramid? So what, what are the traditional approaches?
1: Well, there are several approaches. I try to be uh, logical about it. And that means that before I had any technological help, I had to rely on the help of the parents. Without the parents, there is no chance this is going to work, especially for young kids, mm-hmm. because they see their teachers Probably twice a week, sometimes only once a week. And that's really not enough. And then you have all these scenarios of the teacher asking the student, well, did you practice? And the student, of course, says yes. And then they start playing and the teacher realizes that if they did practice, it was probably (laughs) only the day before the lesson. And they were trying to cram and it just doesn't work this way. The other thing that I was trying to do when I was giving the homework assignment, I was trying to be as detailed as possible. On the lines of, you know, next Monday, when you approach your instrument, the first five minutes, you're going to do this and that, and then you're going to play the first measures of the song slowly with the metronome, and you're for four times, and if this works, you're going to do it a little bit faster for three times. I had to basically structure every minute of the practicing, because there is no reason why a kid would know how to do it on her own. Mm-hmm. So that was the only thing that I was able to do back then. And there are other approaches, you know, some teachers can be extra nice and charming and motivating, and their students don't want to disappoint them. Other teachers come from what we lovingly call, and I I mean the word lovingly, the Russian school of abuse, (laughs) in which the the teachers become such figures of authority that no one wants to disappoint them. Mm -hmm. So, You have to use the strengths of your personality to compel the students to do something. But this has become more and more difficult in recent years because the competition is fierce. And I'm talking about social networks and I'm talking about uh, uh, how approachable everything is in a world of the internet.
0: So this is probably a good time to transition then and start talking about uh, Tonara itself. Uh, Now, I've had a chance to in a very quick uh, opportunity to get to know the app. Um, I downloaded it over the weekend and was able to play around with it. So let's start by having you describe um, sort of the core functionality of Tenara with respect to how it can guide um, practice of a student when they're away from the teacher. So what are the the things that the app does if I'm sitting with my instrument, whether it be a piano, a cello, um, a, a recorder, or a flute? If I'm, what what, what what is it that the app would do that would help you practice in that self-guided session?
1: Well, basically, one of the key elements of the app is the ability of the teacher to assign homework to the student. Mm-hmm. But this is more than writing the homework on your score or on a sheet of paper, because this has all the advantages of the multimedia that we have in our devices, in our phones, and our tablets. That means that the student receives the homework, and the homework can be of several different types. For instance, it can be very simple saying, you need to practice this particular exercise five minutes every day. But then, of course, because this is technology, the student will get a notification and the time will be measured. And not only will the time be measured because you can do that with a stopwatch. Tonara actually knows when you're playing your instrument and when you're not playing the instrument. So we measure the time that you're actually playing. And then you have the ability to share the uh, achievements that you have, the fact that you completed the allotted time with your teacher. So that's one way to do that. The other way, which is more sophisticated technologically, we allow the teachers to record themselves playing short segments out of the pieces and songs that the students are supposed to practice. And then the students are supposed to play exactly the same segments, and the app will give them grades according to how similar they were to what the teachers recorded. So you actually have that challenge to measure yourself up against what your teacher expected you to be able to do. And you get grades for the fluency of your playing. For instance, if you were able to play without stopping or doubling back. uh, For the accuracy of the pitch, whether you hit all the right notes. The accuracy of your rhythm whether you were able to play the right rhythms. And finally, if you were able to keep yourself in tempo, which means playing in a constant speed without slowing down or becoming faster. So you get these grades, and once again, you're able to share them, which is really awesome. Um, And finally, uh, what we also um, allow students to do, we have all these scores that we're gonna talk about in a minute uh, as part of the app and they're able to play with the scores on their phones on tablets and get the same type of feedback and time measurement but they're also able to play with accompaniment and the accompaniments are really really beautiful and uh, they can act as kind of a really musical metronome because the accompaniment keeps you playing at the same mm-hmm. beat, the same tempo all the time, but you really enjoy doing that. So it's a great challenge, and the result is extremely rewarding.
0: Yeah, I thought it was impressive. Um, and and frankly, I don't know that I've seen other apps uh, that I've explored that really do this you know, at all, or or certainly not well. But what was impressive about Tonara is that it's actually, um, and and check me if I'm clear on this, but I think I am, is actually using the microphone in your phone to hear what you are playing in relation to the score that is in front of the student. Am I describing that correctly?
1: You're exactly right. Todara has some really sophisticated technology in, and it's able to compare what you were supposed to play with what you're actually playing and tell you a whole lot of information about Mm -hmm. that. Uh, So that's something really cool. And the technology actually supports many instruments. Right now, what we have inside the app is violin, viola, cello, flute, and piano, but we're expanding all the time.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that's really impressive because I know that, you know, from my own um, time playing drums and now guitar, I, I think that one of the challenges that s- that a student has, I, I don't think I'm an exception to this, is that you might be focusing on one thing, but you're doing so oftentimes at the expense of something else. So for me, that progression was chord changes. But as I was focusing so intently on, on changing chords to play along with the song, my rhythm was horrible, right? And Eventually, you overcome that. But what's so impressive about Tonara is that you can can actually track all of those things as you're playing along with a lesson or with a song um, so that you do get holistic feedback and not have a blind spot on where a weakness might be that you need to cover. So I I think that's just a really impressive part of the app. Uh, You talked a little bit about the um, library of musical scores that are available. Can you expand on that a bit more? Like, you know, how extensive is the library that's available to students and teachers?
1: Well, you know, there is so much music around and every teacher has his or her uh, unique songs and pieces that they like working on and they know how to benefit from them the most. So Tonar, first of all, gives you all these features to use with your own scores. But then, having said that, we do have a catalog. And in that catalog, we focus on three categories. We have scales and exercises. And scales and exercises traditionally are things that people just abhor, they can't (laughs) stand playing them. But if you do that with accompaniment, it's a completely different story. Mm -hmm. And then we have all these standard repertoire, public domain things, you know, the most famous pieces that everyone knows and plays. And finally, we have agreements with some of the greatest studios that there are out there. We have songs from Sony, from Universal, we have even soundtracks from Disney. And that means that you have, uh, in terms of the, the music repertoire, you have your first course, your main course, and even your dessert. And <laughs> um, and you can play with your phone or tablet and enjoy all this music that we have over there. And I think it's a great thing, great tool for teachers and students.
0: So now that we have a basic understanding of how the app works, um, l- let's go back to what you, you started to touch on, which is the use case scenario. So um how do teachers and students connect on the app? And how does the app sort of facilitate that interaction? I, I know that when I signed up and, and, and you know, got my free account um, to be able to play around with the app, it actually asked me uh, if I wanted to select a music teacher and gave me some options. But can you kind of talk through this ecosystem within the app about how teachers and students connect and um, sort of how the app facilitates that?
1: Well, the first thing we need to understand is that there are two approaches in technology about the relationship between students and teachers. One approach says that technology can actually be a substitute to the teacher. You don't need a teacher. All you need to do is sit down, watch enough YouTube clips, and you will know what you're doing. Now, this may be a really great idea if you just want to be able to play one song with two fingers. Hmm. If you want to master a very specific task, it can work. If you have the right tenacity, if you're self-disciplined, it can work. But you can't learn a skill this way. You can't learn a skill because there is so much about music. It's so complex. You need to know how to hold your instrument. You need to know how to hold your body in the right way that you don't damage yourself. You need someone who is able to hear you and watch you and respond to you and see everything. And, you know, technology may be there you know, with artificial intelligence in some years, probably sooner than we all think, but it's not there yet. There is no replacement for the teacher. Now, If we think about that, the point is the communication between teacher and students. The teachers normally see the students once or twice a week. And the problem is what's happening between these meetings. And, you know, in the past 19th century, when I think about the great composer Robert Schumann, he lived in the house of his piano teacher. So the piano teacher was able to hear and practice and constantly give him feedback. But today, this is not done. And without getting constant feedback from your teacher, your practicing can amount to basically memorizing your mistakes. And that's not good for anyone. The idea of Tonara is to extend the lesson into the practice time. The way we do it is that, first of all, we have these assignments that I described before that basically monitor the way you're doing the homework that you're assigned. But Tonara is built upon a chat a chat that was designed specifically for the needs of musicians. It has all these really cute icons that are musicians icons, and when you record yourself, you don't need to keep on pressing the button to record yourself. You just need to tap it once, because of course you want to be playing your instrument after that. And you can share recordings and videos and do all of that. And then the student is able to send the achievements and the feedback that he got back to the teacher and ask questions. And the idea that we had was that the teachers working with Tonara will spend a few minutes a day answering the questions of their students, listening to their recordings, giving them feedback, encouraging them, telling them what they should work on, what they should pay attention to. And this way, the students keep on feeling motivated and they don't feel lonely. They feel that someone is actually supporting them through the practice and they know what to do. And the moment that happens, you know, for beginners, this can change by hundreds, a hundred percent their practice time instead of playing for one minute you're going to play for two minutes that's already awesome instead of five minutes ten minutes that's incredible and this connection is the heart of what tonara is doing
0: so uh, to expand on that even a bit more one of the pieces of functionality inside uh, tonara itself is that it integrates the concept of gamification can you talk a little bit about how that works inside the app like with the badges and those sorts of things
1: I can actually tell you a really funny story. When we were first designing the feedback feature, um, we hard-coded a very simple scale into the app, and you were supposed to play the scale as fast as possible, and as accurately as possible, in order to score points. Now, playing scales, as we know, is not exactly the most interesting thing <laughs> that you can do with your life. but. Our entire office for three days, the programmers, the musicians, the marketing people, the CEO, everyone was just playing scales. Because if I tell you that there is an activity that is very demanding, requires an incredible amount of concentration and coordination, extremely repetitive, and the rewards are seldom then you would say, why should I do this? But I just described you, any regular first-person shooter video game. You need the same type of skills, the same kind of concentration. And the fact is that practicing can be made to seem so much like playing a game that if you just create the right context, the student would want to play the same thing over and over and over again until they get it just right. All you need to do is make sure that the challenge is attainable and that you get the right reward for uh, getting there. So we give them points, we give them grades, We give them all these shout-outs all the time, and we encourage our teachers to do that as well. And the fact is that they constantly feel that the next level is within their grasp, so they want to get there. And just a really cute anecdote. The best grade anyone can get when they're playing and they get the feedback is B. Because anyone who plays and gets a B immediately wants to play again until they get the A. (laughs)
0: Yeah, that's right.
1: So that's that's the way we incorporate gamification it goes through the accuracy of playing completing your assignments and just the sheer time that you spend by your instrument and you get graded and ranked for everything. Mm
0: -hmm. So can you talk about uh, the cost structure for um, teachers and students who would be using the app?
1: Basically the teachers are our partners as long as they want to commit to using the app, we're going to give them access to as much as we can um, for the lowest fee that we can. But otherwise, the way we view the, the app is that basically it allows the teachers to give their students an additional lesson that is spread throughout the month. It's an additional lesson because they're there for the students all the time. So we have a subscription fee. That's the uh, 360. Uh, uh, plan that we have that costs about 40 bucks a month which is around what you would pay for another music lesson and what you get for that is all these features and the attention of your teacher between the lessons and this way what we do is we just extend the idea of music teaching to your entire schedule Mm mm-hmm Otherwise, you can also try all of Tenara's features for free, and you get a selection of the pieces for free. But if you feel that it works for you and you want to be committed, then you uh, make a subscription, and then you get access to everything all the time.
0: So I, I know I'm, I'm I know that you've used Tanara, you've talked about it, and I know that you, um, based upon things that I saw on your website and some additional information, um, uh, written materials that I've read about Tanara, that you've you've received a lot of feedback on how the app is working for teachers and students. What's some of the sense that you have about the success of it so far?
1: Well, the, the thing about something like Tanara, you know, it's a very new technology and it's starting to uh, spread its wings. More and more people hear about it. And what we see is mostly, the, the amazing thing is the questions that we get to our support line people send us support questions and we realize through their questions that because of the app, they have been playing for hours and hours and they're really frustrated about a certain feature that is not working the way they expected it to or a bug or something like this. And the reason they're frustrated is because they've been playing with it for so long. (laughs) And we have teachers who constantly ask us for help bringing more and more of their students. We have teachers that brought in entire studios, and even families. One of the popular questions that we have is, are you going to have a special prize for uh, siblings? Hmm. Which makes a lot of sense, but that means that parents saw the app and they decided that they want their children, all their children, to use it uh, when they're learning the instruments. So mainly what we see is this great sense of engagement, and it will be perhaps not the most politically correct thing to say, but we are really touched by the frustration of the users because a frustrated (laughs) user is an engaged user, someone who wants to do much more with the app that they're given.
0: So, Ron, where do you see Tonara going um, in the future? I mean, I know you don't want to divulge uh, proprietary secrets of your uh, direction, but, you know, how do you see this type of technology progressing? I mean, it has to be an exciting time for you as a music educator to be able to have this resource available, but where do you see it going?
1: Well, I think it it should expand to be the tool of choice for any performing musician, anyone who wants to study music. Tonara has been used also on stage, some of the most prestigious stages in the world, just for the ability to follow you when you play and flip the pages automatically just by listening to you on the microphone. So for pianists who play on stage, this is an awesome tool. Uh, But additionally, the ability to help the students when they practice, the more advanced the technology and artificial intelligence become, the more we can give them, we can instruct the students when they're practicing, almost like they have their own private coach sitting there with them. So we see that becoming more and more advanced and more and more intuitive and compelling students to play more and enjoy themselves more and improve faster.
0: So, Ron, let me um, close things out by just saying that, you know, one, th- there were several things that has just really impressed me about Tanara as a learning um, tool. Um, first of all, I've spent a lot of time You know, fighting with my tablet, fighting with my phone, and PDF documents that are lead sheets for songs that I would play, mostly behind the drum set, but now other instruments. And I always felt like I was battling the device as much as I was um, the skill of trying to actually play the song correctly. And one of the features that I think is just really cool about Tonara is that it does... It does overcome some of that because it, it interactively follows you as you're playing, which I think is really impressive. But from more of a learning standpoint and, and the reason why I was excited to talk with you on the podcast, I think that as I look at different types of apps and not to overgeneralize, there are very few apps that really teach across what we would call the domains of learning, the affective, the psychomotor, uh, the behavioral, etc., and um, few apps are able to tap each of those domains of learning uh, in ways that I think are are effective. Um, they might focus on one really well, but not the others. And what's so impressive, I think about Tanara is that it really has brought together, you know, up-to-date mobile technology, the, the power of the devices that we carry around. And I think it really does in the way that you described it. It taps the affective domain for the students as much as it does the cognitive and the behavioral domain. Um, and what's so impressive is it brings all those together. So congratulations on what you all have been able to create. Uh, and I wish you the best of luck with the app going forward.
1: Thank you very much, Scott.
0: My guest today was Ron Reggev, Chief Music Officer for the Tanara app. If you'd like more information about this app, simply follow the link provided in the accompanying text or you can go to tanara.com. That's t o n a r a.com. And look at their website. On the website, if you scroll to the bottom, you'll be able to find links to the app in both uh, Google Play and also the Apple Store. Thank you for listening to Teaching Matters. This program is produced by WOUB Public Media. You can always listen at woub.org slash listen. We're also available through several popular podcasting apps, including Google Play, iTunes, and NPR One you can contact the staff of the podcast with ideas, questions, or comments. Simply go to our Facebook page, search for Teaching Matters Podcast, and send us a message. Our audio engineer today is Adam Rich. I'm your host, Scott Titsworth, and thank you for Ron Regev for joining us from Jerusalem. Have a good day.